Bonasso. This morning we return to the meditative cultivation of empathetic joy. And I think among the four immeasurables, this is the one that often gets kind of overlooked, almost like the third child in a family. If the eldest child is loving kindness, everybody loves loving kindness. The second child, good. Third child, yeah, whatever. But then there's the baby of the family. You know, equanimity, we all know about that. Empathetic joy often gets overlooked, marginalized, what have you. It doesn't get much encouragement in the West, not from any source. But in fact, especially for people, for us living now in this particular world, not Tibet 500 years ago, India 1,000 years ago, but especially for this phase of history, worldwide now, I think the cultivation of empathetic joy is especially important, enormously important historically important for this phase. And the reason for that is because among the four measurables it provides or serves as a direct antidote for a few of the major toxins of the mind that have run throughout human history, but I think now are just on epidemic proportions. And one of these, I'll put them together, two together as one, is depression and cynicism. Depression and cynicism. Uh, I've read statistics that the Oh, the, the, the rates of depression are just going up over the last 50 years, just all over the place, including in, in some of the most, how do you say, affluent of countries, especially among the youth. Very serious, very serious. And then the pharmaceutical industry throws placebos at them and makes billions of dollars at them. It's amazing. So there's one. That's rather depressing. And then that can make one very cynical, not just the fact that, you know, of depression itself, but never in human history have people been so exposed to the bad news of the world 24-7. Now, at any time of the day, on the internet, CNN, and so forth, if you want some bad news, you can always get it, and in great detail. In fact, you can even watch it, you know, now, now, that, now that we are all clairvoyant uh, by way of the internet and television. And it's an awful lot to ask of a human psyche to be able to face that amount of suffering and evil in the world and not collapse in response to it into just sheer bitter cynicism or just utterly mind-defeating depression. So, I mean, considering that for most of the history of humanity, roughly 100,000, 200,000 years, people would be kind of aware of what's happening within a 10-kilometer radius of where they lived, there can be a lot of bad news within 10, 10, 10 kilometers, clearly. But that we need to be exposed to, that we are exposed to, the bad news globally, is um, quite an unusual experiment on the human psyche. Can we stand that and not just be ground into the earth? So there's one element, depression hyphen cynicism. And the problem is that there's a lot of reality basis for it. If you, want to, if you want to be depressed, there's an awful lot to be depressed about. And if you want to be cynical, there's a lot of reality basis for cynicism as well. So you're not being unrealistic. You're being very realistic. So that's public. And then we have the private part. And I just got a reminder of this this morning, um, of just how crippling low self-esteem, how self-hatred, self-contempt can be. Some, one, one person wrote to me just what a problem it had been throughout her life, how it poisoned every aspect of her life. Now she's very devoted to Dharma really a major issue to be dealt with there as well, really such a toxin. And 
I think I can speak for myself at least, but possibly for everybody in this room and for the few, few people, however many there may be living by, listening by way of the podcast, I think we all, re we all have a good reality basis for feeling low self-esteem too. <laughs> have you checked out your mental afflictions lately? You know? Um, you know, so if we want to have low self-esteem, we have plenty of grounds if we're feeling low self-esteem. We could have a bidding war. You know, who can feel the strongest sense of low self-esteem? We could write whole biographies of know why I should be the one that has the lowest self-esteem of anybody in this room or anybody in Phuket. Look, look at me. Look at, look at all the ways I've failed. And I'm really just, I should be in jail if everybody knew all the things that I've done. I should be in prison. I should be in death row. No, I should just be dead. You know? So if we want to have self low self-esteem, we have plenty of reason to have low self-esteem. Self-content, self-hatred, just want to look in the mirror and vomit every day. You know? um, so there's a reality basis for that. So are we finished? <laughs> and we can all go back, and <laughs> back to our room, <laughs> each with our own little pail. Or we can balance out. But balancing out takes some effort. Because we all, we all know you don't, need, you don't need me to tell you what kind of news you get when you turn on the news. It's not just, here's the first 50% on the bad news, and here's the second 50% on the good news. That never happens. It's not even close. If they give any good news at all, it's a story about a puppy. You know. After they've told about the last 100,000 people who've died in one, you know, one, one catastrophe after another and so forth, but here's a cute story about a puppy. You know? And so we know there's absolutely no balance whatsoever in terms of the, the news. It's massively tilted for, I'm sure, a wide variety of reasons, mostly economic, I imagine, why it's utterly focused on the negative. But then we know ourselves. What's the human, what's the human situation? And that is, if you're doing anything, let's, let's imagine you're an artist. And I'm just plucking this out of the air. Let's imagine you're an artist. And you work very, very hard, you know, one piece of art after another. And then you finally have a showing. And a lot of people come to the showing, so that's kind of nice. And 100 people come to your showing. And 99 of them tell you, you really have great promise. This is, you're really very, very gifted. And one person says, you suck. You're just, you are just crap. This is some of the worst. You call this art, this is what other people would call garbage. And you put your garbage on a, on a, on a canvas. I mean, this is just obscene. Um, 99 people said, yeah, and one said no. Which one do you remember? <laughs> which one do you carry home? If you get, come home to your spouse or somebody you're living with and so forth, which one do you report on? Chances are. You remember that one squeaky wheel, right? So it's part of our human psyche. So all of this is to say that we have, in terms of the bombardment of information from the world around us, massively negative, not even an not even attempt to be even. And then when we view ourselves, we view how other people engage with us and so forth, tends to be focusing, especially in this modern world. It's not always true. It's not true for every culture throughout, society, throughout the world, but for our modern society, and now it's really pretty much endemic, emphasis on the negative, the low self-esteem, and so forth, the sense of disempowerment, the massiveness of everything. Now we see, you know, people used to know maybe a couple hundred people, now we're aware of seven billion. And so that sense of disempowerment, 
of alienation, of isolation, of low self-esteem. Have I said enough? Um, I think we need to balance out. So for all of those reasons, for all of those reasons, this empathetic joy. And just one final comment, and that is, it's commonly said, I keep on hearing that you know the, the remedy for having low self-esteem is to develop a really positive sense of self. Or there's a whole book called Learned Optimism. If you're starting to get depressed, Learned Optimism. I imagine that must be useful for some people. But for myself, I just want to be realistic. That's all I care about. And so it seems to me that if one starts out with a really low, negative, low self-esteem, reifying self as being really something cruddy, and then try to balance that by developing a really strong sense of positive self-esteem, and that's also reified, then you're antidoting one delusion with another delusion. And one feels bad, and the other one feels good. But they're both equally delusional, both equally coming right back to the source of that deepest form of suffering, which is all about ego. So whether you feel good about yourself or you're bad about yourself, if you're reifying yourself, you're delusional. So I'm just not that crazy about remedying one delusion with a happier delusion, remedying depression with some kind of phony, concocted optimism. I suppose it worked for some people. This doesn't work for me. So let's just, so the antidote, what I'm suggesting here, is just classic Buddhism, is while there's grounds for depression, for sadness, for empathy, and for compassion, grounds for humility, you know, when we see, you know, what we've brought to the world, grounds for humility there, to balance that out by focusing on virtue, focusing on happiness, outwardly and inwardly. And even when we do so inwardly, it's not a matter of trying to build up a strong self sense of self-esteem, because fundamentally it's not about self. It's not about me. It's not about you. It's about virtue. And it's taking to life in virtue. And virtue doesn't have an ego associated with it. Virtue is virtue. So I've heard some people who you know, will do some really awful things. And then following the awful things, something really good. And the awful is still the awful, but the good is still the good. That's what matters. It's not the ego, whether it's a good ego or bad ego. It's, you know, it's the virtue and the non-virtue. That's where the focus is. So enough talk of this type. Let's just jump into meditation. Empathetic joy, phase two. Settle the body, speech, and mind in the natural states, calming the mind with mindfulness of breathing, as we've done before.
And now take the reins of your attention in hand. And direct your attention outwards, now very selectively. To focus on those individuals, those groups of individuals who are devoting themselves to virtue, to alleviating the suffering in the world, to helping others hedonically, helping them have enough to eat, shelter, clothing, medical care, education. those who come to the relief of others when there's a natural calamity, springing forth into action out of compassion. With every out-breath, breathe out your sense of appreciation. Your joy in the, in the health they offer. Your gratitude on behalf of all those who are the recipients of such benevolence. Take delight in those who find relief from suffering and those who find joy in this world. Hedonic well-being, which is so important to us all.
And then turn your attention to those who are devoting their lives to helping others find genuine happiness, to get to to the very root of suffering, not simply treating its symptoms. And we're helping others find the very root of happiness, of flourishing. while devoting themselves to such a path. We call it dharma. Devoting themselves to such a path themselves, practicing what they teach, walking the walk. Take delight in those who experience the fruits of dharma, experiencing the genuine happiness of living a benevolent, non-violent life. From exploring and experiencing the depths of their own inner resources by cultivating their hearts and minds. those who experience what has been called a truth-given joy, the joy of knowing reality as it is. And take delight in their joy.
and turn your attention inwards as you review your own life, not focusing upon yourself, but focusing on the virtue you've brought to the world, the ways over the course of your life you've sought to help others in need, alleviate their anxiety, their distress, their pain and suffering. ways you've gone out of your way to help others find the joy they seek, and a true friend. Focus on the virtue you've brought to the world, not on yourself, on the virtue you've brought to the world. And take delight in this. This is what brings your life meaning.
then direct your attention to the ways in which you've sought to help others find genuine happiness and followed such a path of practice, a way of life and practice as yourself. And once again, take delight. Take delight in this devotion to Dharma.
release all appearances. Let your awareness rest with no object, holding its own ground, illuminating itself. Enjoy your day.